You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. As a reminder, I ask all members to keep themselves muted when they are not being recognized. Congress has finally had its moment to figure out what the hell happened with GameStop. Last week, there was a hearing. There was testimony from the CEOs of major hedge funds and from a Massachusetts guy named Keith Gill, who said he made nearly $8 million trading GameStop stock in January. A few things I am not. I'm not a cat. I am not an institutional investor. It was the formal end to a pretty bizarre story. As you may remember, last month, a group of Redditors, including Gill, Push GameStop share price to nearly $500. The little guy had bet against the Wall Street consensus and they had won, or so it seemed. That's because the stock then came crashing down. It is tragic that some people lost money and my heart goes out to them. But what happened in January just demonstrates again that investing in public securities is extremely risky. The GameStop story has sort of become this cultural flashpoint. There are now, by one count, nine separate movies being made about it. But it's a little bit hard to figure out what the takeaway should be for the long term. Vox's Emily Stewart is here to tell us. Hey, Emily. Hey, Teddy. So we covered GameStop in the show in the past, but just quickly, maybe I'll give you a challenge of like a minute. Give me like a minute version of what actually happened again. A minute? Very fast for this. Um, Basically, GameStop is an aging video game retailer. So you would have a sense that the prospects for the business aren't good. A lot of hedge funds made similar bet, basically bet that the stock would go down. At the same time, there are some people who believe GameStop is a good idea to invest in, including some people on Wall Street Bets, this forum on Reddit. So back, especially in January, retail investors, so individual investors, people on Reddit, people not on Reddit, started to pile into the stock. And they organized this short squeeze, which, long and short of it, kind of screwed over the hedge funds who were betting against it. And so they drove the stock up super high, over $400 at some point. But like so many stocks, GameStop came back down. It's now below 50 again. So this saga of the little guy winning didn't really bear out. Some little guys won. Okay. Um, some big guys won as well. Some big guys lost. Yeah. So basically, obviously, you know, the people like Gil, he was in GameStop when it was $5 or so, right? It's still above 40 at least uh, as of Friday. So he made money off of it. The problem is people started to pile into the stock when it was at $100, $200, $300. A lot of those people lost out. The big kind of climax, if we're talking about the movie version of this, was when... Trading apps, including most prominently Robinhood, which we've talked about, which is um, this platform for executing fee-free trades. Robinhood stops the stock from being traded. Why did Robinhood do this? Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev was at the hearing, right? Yeah. So 
part of the problem was that when Robin Hood did this, they didn't say why for like a day at least. And so that sort of led to a lot of conspiracy theories online that it had something to do with this other big fund that was telling them to stop. But it does seem like the answer is kind of boring and complicated in a financial sense. So to make trades, Robinhood has to ensure that buyers can actually pay for the stocks. And so they need to to post collateral like with the people who eventually process the trades. Okay. And the frenzy got to such heights that they didn't, like, just literally Robinhood didn't have enough money to post collateral. That's what happened. So it was, it was boring finance stuff that was not as sexy as the conspiracy theories. Yeah. So, Emily, if you take a step back, who do you think actually got hurt here now that the saga has kind of settled? So the short sellers, the hedge funds and people who were betting against the stock got hurt. Melvin Capital, one of the big funds at the center of this, was down about 53% in January. That's a lot. They lost a lot of money. But some regular people got hurt as well. Um, There's a story Mm -hmm. in the Wall Street Journal about someone who took out a $20,000 personal loan to buy GameStop and is on the hook for that money. It was. It is a lesson in in sort of meme stocks and being careful that you, anybody can get burned on the stock market. The big guys and the little guys certainly. So all those folks on Wall Street bets, um, some of those people got hurt, right? Um, what's the takeaway for them? I mean, is that forum going to keep existing? Has it grown in influence? Uh, you know, a lot of people have now heard of it <laughs> um, who didn't hear of it before. Yeah, I mean, Wall Street Bets has certainly grown. When I started covering it last year, it had like less than 2 million people on it. And now I think it's above 8 million. Okay, wow. The big funds and the quant funds, like Wall Street has to pay attention to it a little bit because ultimately what they did with GameStop was to move stock and cost people money. So I do think they're they're definitely sticking around and retail investors are here to stay. I was talking to an analyst the other day, and she said that right now retail accounts for about 20% of trading volumes. She doesn't think that's going away even after the pandemic. I mean, I certainly know people who have started trading recently. And then the last question I have, Emily, is what's the takeaway for Washington? We've talked about what takeaways for kind of Wall Street, for these forums. Um, There was this hearing, which was, you know, I guess in in theory, supposed to be a high-minded crystallization of uh, the problems with kind of regulating this stuff. What do you think kind of is going to be the long-term consequences of this for financial regulators and for Washington? Really too early to say. I mean, even when this happened and even during this hearing, there's a lot of sense of somebody should do something about whatever happened, but nobody's quite sure what happened or what was wrong. We're hearing a lot about different regulators looking at various aspects of this, whether it be what happened on Reddit, what the short sellers were doing, et cetera, et cetera. And certainly Robinhood is going to face more scrutiny. I think the tough thing here is that some of the things being suggested will ultimately hurt retail traders or at least make it harder for them to trade. Hmm. And it's not clear to me if that is what at least they want for sure. And so it's a tough it's a tough thing to think about, right? Like how many guardrails do we need to be have around these people given that for Wall Street there aren't a lot of guardrails. That's Emily Stewart. You can read more of her work at Vox.com and listen to her podcast, Tell Me More, on the Vox Quick Hits feed. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for having me. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.